The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Welcome everyone back to the show. I'm so excited to have you, but let me tell you, I'm more excited for our special guest today. He is the creator of Money Partner Formula, Dave DeBoe. Dave, thank you for joining us. How are you, sir? Cody, I'm fantastic and even better now that we're chatting. Yeah, no, thank you for having or for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, it's it's truly an honor to have you on. I know we chatted a little bit before and we got to know each other a little bit. So it's really great to kind of introduce you to our audience and uh, have them kind of learn a little bit more about what you have going on. For those that maybe haven't heard your name, which I would think aren't many left, but in case oh, there there's, are, there's there's more than a few, my friend. But I appreciate it. Thanks for pumping my tires. In case in case there aren't, we always love a good origin story. Tell us where you're from, how you got into real estate, and what you're doing these days. Well, you can probably pick up from my accent. I'm I'm Canadian, born and raised in British Columbia. After I graduated from university, I actually went and saw a bit of the world and ended up living down in Costa Rica for a decade. Got married down there, had kids, had a, had a business, a language training company. Life was pretty good. You know, you can have things like live-in maids and gardeners and gated communities. It's, it's a lot more affordable, so to speak, in Latin America than back home. And then in 2003, when our kids were getting towards school age, my then wife and myself decided, hey, let's raise the kids in Canada, give them a better chance, right? So you don't realize how good we've got it in North America until you've left for a while. And as wonderful as Costa Rica is, you know, I think for raising kids, North America is a better place. So that's what we did. But I had to start all over again from scratch. So I'd been gone out of Canada so long. I had, I didn't have bad credit. I had zero credit. Oh, wow. I've been self-employed for so long. I was, you know, pretty much unemployable. <laughs> and I hadn't been able to sell my business in Costa Rica. So I was pretty much broke. So here it was, you know, except for the fact that I had a passport and I spoke the language reasonably well, <laughs> I was almost like a new immigrant. So I had to figure out what I was going to do because my, like I mentioned, my then wife, my my ex-wife was a pretty persnickety kind of person accustomed to a higher standard of living, let's say. So there we were living in a crappy little rental on the wrong side of the tracks and broke. And I had to figure out what I'm going to do to make a living. And I don't know if you remember these things, Cody, you're, you're much younger than I am, but there used to be these late night infomercials. Mm, used to mm-hmm. go something like this. You too can get rich in real estate with little or no money down. I said, perfect, sign me up because that's what I got, little or no money. (laughs) And then I got this course, you know, and I put it to work and I did 18 deals in 18 months, which sounds pretty impressive, but they're little single family home type, type creative financing type deals. But that's how I first got started with real estate investing way back in 2003. I love it. And, and just for those that that care to know, I am, I just found out I am now known as a geriatric millennial, which means <laughs> I, I, I am on the cusp of both Gen X and millennials. So I, I, I guess I can speak to both sides of the fence. Um, you got a cool little bit of cool little salt and peppers. Yeah, yeah, there. right. Yeah, the, the, it's definitely it? my hair used to be red. Now it's more gray, which is fine. Like I don't, it doesn't bother me. I just wish it would pick a color and, and go. It doesn't matter which color. Just pick. Well, that's a okay. Color. I used to have hair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I take any color at this point, brother. I was gonna say, I actually, I remember 
television network signing off for the night. So there's a there's a oh, phone yeah, one for okay, you. That's how old I am. Yeah, well, there you go. Yep. So, uh, well, Dave, uh, I appreciate you telling us. Uh, like I said, I love a good origin story, and I, and I appreciate you helping us understand a little bit about your background and how you got there. But uh, I'm sure in your real estate career, everything hasn't been perfect or smooth all the time. So wanted to see what popped in your mind today around an unsuccess story that can help educate our audience. Well, Cody, I've got so many unsuccess stories. We could, we could pick a whole bunch, but, and anybody who tells you that they don't is full of crap, to be perfectly frank with you. I mean, yeah, we, it's, it's part of living. It's part of life. If you aren't making mistakes and screwing up, you're not trying hard enough. That's for sure. So I think as, as far as it applies to your audience, probably my biggest lesson learned was my utter dismal failure at raising capital when I first took a, a crack at it. So like I say, I did those creative type deals for a while, got out of real estate for a little while, jumped back in in 2010, started doing a strategy that actually involved putting down down payments for properties. So I was able to self-finance my first couple of deals. That's what a lot of people do. And then inevitably ran out of cash, ran out of credit. <clears throat> and of course, that's when the perfect deal landed in my lap, right? How it and always I've happens. Heard, yeah, it always happens, right? Have you ever heard this? Just find a good deal and the money will find you. Have you ever heard that bullshit before? Excuse my French, Cody. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I have heard it. Yes. Yeah. If you okay, almost well, like if you build it, they will come kind of thing. Yeah, which is also bullshit. So I mean, just just but I believed it, right? Because I'd heard that and I'd heard some big time gurus say that. And I've had people on my podcast say that, and we have a little bit of back and forth when they do. But I uh, but I heard that. So I had this deal on the go. I needed to I needed eighty five thousand dollars to close on this property. So I, I had the property under contract at that time. I was doing a a lease option kind of a strategy. I had my tenant buyer ready to go. They gave me a bunch of cash, and all I needed to do was raise eighty five grand. I had two weeks to do it, but I was starting from scratch. So I'd also heard, hey, you know what? If you need to raise money, here's what you need to do: pick up the phone and start dialing for dollars. And Cody, quite frankly, I don't come from a, a heavy-duty sales background. I come from a marketing background, but not so much a sales background. So the idea of picking up the phone and dialing for dollars made me want to vomit, to be perfectly frank with you. But I did it. I, I powered through it. I don't know if that was around the time the Wolf of Wall Street came out or something. It looked kind of cool to be dialing for dollars. So I, I gave it a shot, called, rejected, called, rejected, 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 rejected. I'd love to say I, you know, I just grounded out and did hundreds of calls. I didn't. I did about 10. And I got rejected every time and I pouted and I said, this sucks and I don't do it anymore. <laughs> so I quit doing the quit doing the cold calling, right? Because that 800 pound telephone was intimidating as heck. So then I'd also heard, I, you know, in the background, I'd heard, you know what? Go out and turn every conversation into a real estate conversation. Go out and practice your 30 second commercial, network schmooze, shake hands, collect cards, all this kind of stuff. So. Again, not a strong background in that kind of thing. A little bit, believe it or not, a little bit more of an introvert than an extrovert. But I said, okay, that's that's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. Local BNI, Chamber of Commerce, Toastmasters, wherever they would let me in the door, there I was with my little handful of business cards with my 30-second elevator pitch. And basically all I accomplished there, Cody, was getting a bunch of really strange looks. Because have you ever tried a 30-second elevator pitch? Being from B2B sales, yes, quite often. Yeah. Okay, well, my experience was that I just got a bunch of people giving me weird looks. So either I was doing it wrong or people just aren't accustomed to elevator pitches or it sounded too pitchy 
or whatever it was, but I, I 2020 hindsight, the challenge was I was desperate, right? I had the deal on the go. I needed the cash. And I think that desperation just oozed out of every pore in my body. Plus, I mean, quite frankly, what are the chances that a complete stranger that you've just met is going to invest 85 grand with you within a week? Looking at it objectively at this point, it was, it was stupidity, right? Nothing wrong with networking, nothing wrong with schmoozing. But if you need to raise capital quickly, that's probably not the best way to go about it. So failed miserably at that as well. So by this time, my two weeks is almost up. I got a one-week extension on subject removals. Everybody's getting nervous. I'm sweating like crazy. And then I came up with what I thought was a brilliant plan, Cody. I thought, you know what? This this is a stroke of genius. I, I did kind of like uh, what you and your partner did when you, when I interviewed you and you're talking about that. I came up with a, a list of people that I had a pre-existing relationship with. So give or take, I, I think I came up with about 200 people. <clears throat> and then I thought to myself, delusionally, you know what? If enough people see this deal, it's so good, it's going to sell itself. So I went and I put together a little PDF outline of the deal and the numbers and all this kind of stuff. And I believe I had some sort of little CRM thing going up there or email autoresponder. So I put all the names and email addresses in there, put my message in there and spammed that sucker out. It was late, like a Wednesday night. And I went to, you know, had dinner and went to bed, got up the next morning. I was so excited, Cody, because finally something was showing signs of life. I got some replies back to that email. So I was so excited. I jumped on the computer, started opening up these replies. But here's what they basically said to a person. They basically said, hey, Dave, dude, I haven't heard from you in forever. And here you are hitting me up for 85 grand for some real estate deal that I don't know anything about. Take a hike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So poof, there went that deal. I had, I, And I'm in a fairly small town here, Cody. I'm not in a big city like you are. I'm, I'm in a small city at that time, about 80,000 people, pretty much you know, in the real estate game. Everybody knows everybody here. So I had to back out of that deal. I ticked off the tenant buyer big time. They'd already given notice where they were renting. So we had to scramble to get them back into where they're renting. Had to refund them their 10 or 12 grand they put up as an option fee. I was out a couple of thousand dollars for different inspections and stuff we've done on properties. Ticked off the seller big time because I tied up their property for three weeks. Ticked off the realtor, ticked off the mortgage broker, ticked everybody off in the market and had some major egg on my face. But the worst thing was I turned off a lot of really good prospective investors because I was just so damn clumsy about the whole thing and charged in like the proverbial bull in a china shop. So if that's an unsuccess, if that's not an unsuccess story, I don't know what is. So I lost the deal, turned off a bunch of investors. But the the silver lining, I guess, is after the smoke settled and after I quit pouting, I kind of said, you know what? That was really stupid. There's got to be a better way. This whole finding the deal and the money is going to find you thing is crap. This whole thing of, for me at least, dialing for dollars, that's crap. The whole networking thing is crap. Why don't I apply what I understand and know about marketing? What if we can see we can kind of turn this around a little bit? Instead of me desperately chasing after investors, what if I can get them coming to me? And ideally coming to me already pre-educated about what I'm up to, ideally pre-motivated to invest. If I could wave the magic wand, even pre-qualified to invest and predisposed. What if I can get them coming to me kind of primed and ready to go? And then instead of me having to sell them on the deal or pitch them, hard pitch them on the deal, 
what if we could just have like a conversation and I could see, is this a good fit for you or not? Right. So that's by hook and by crook. And over some time, I came up with that whole process, which I call the money partner formula. I love it. But, you know, it's it's so interesting what you're saying. I'm, I'm hearing this story and I'm thinking back to my own sales career. And I think I've mentioned on the podcast before my very first B2B sales job, we we did the dialing for dollars, right? We did the everyone at 8.30, you started picking up your phones and you dialed till about 10 o'clock and then you tried to hit the road and go have meetings. And I'll never what, forget- What a fun thing to do. What's, oh, I'm going to tell you. Uh, you. You'll learn a lot about yourself and your mental fortitude doing that. I, I was in the telecommunications industry, the wireless telecommunication industry and in, in, in you know, it was very competitive at the time. And, you know, the theory of one being better than the other, better coverage, it was a little bit more prevalent then, not as much now. But, you know, the the industries and the, the zip codes that I was able to sell into, they were heavily reliant on a competitor. And they were, there was kind of this lock into the competitor. So I, I didn't get a lot of traction. Uh, but I'll never forget that I, I used to, I, I didn't know what I was doing. So I would have my boss, who's now a great friend of mine, sit in the room with me. And he would listen to me make these calls. And and I'll never forget, I, I left a voicemail and I swear I just like, I would black out during these voicemails because I don't know what I was saying. I didn't know how to leave a voicemail, what to say, what to do. And, and I hung up the phone and he'll, I'll never forget, he looks up from his laptop and he just looks at me and goes, what was that? You just vomited all over them with information. Like that was awful. And it Looking back, like it is very constructive criticism, and 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 we we spun it, and he was like, "Listen, like we can work on this." We, and he gave me some pointers and things to do, and, and eventually, you know, fast forward twelve years into the future, I, I feel a lot more comfortable doing that. But when I was a sales manager, I would oftentimes tell people, like, "Don't beat your head against the wall. If you don't like or you're very bad at dialing for dollars, then don't do it. But you have to find." what you need from a customer, like whether it's an investment or investors or a sale or whatever it may be, you got to find your prospects. So if you're good at something, whether it's social media or dialing or, or networking or having people creating something where they would come to you through an educational platform, whatever it is, do that. Yeah, Don't find something that works. And again, what what I found, and I'm, I'm sure you can probably attest to this, Cody, is, is if you get somebody coming to you interested in your product, service, investment, whatever. That conversation is a complete 180 compared to you chasing after them, trying to convince them about your product or service, right? It's it's just night and day. So the more that you can do to create that, however that is, the more successful you're going to be and the more pleasant, the more enjoyable those those sales conversations are going to be. Absolutely. And I don't know if you track this, maybe you do, uh, but if you, and if you don't, I'd be interested what your best guess is, but I would be interested on, of the people that come to you and show interest initially, how many of them eventually, what percentage of them actually end up working with you? So if, if they go through the process, it's a very high percentage. It's well over 50%. So just for those that are listening, dialing for dollars, cold calling, and, and, and cold calling is kind of a loose term, like you don't have to actually be calling, but reaching out to somebody cold out of the blue, whether it's even somebody you know or have known, you have a less than 3% chance of converting them to a customer than you would doing something like this. So I really wanted to point that out. You have over 50% success rate versus less than 3%, uh, which is kind of st standard average right now. So Dave, I love that. And I love you how you're able to turn, honestly, something that was an unsuccess story now into 
basically an entire business and platform that you're able to move forward on. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it worked really well for, for me, raised millions of dollars for my own deals following the process. And and thankfully, it's worked really well for, at this point, hundreds and hundreds of clients that we've worked with to help them implement this whole process in their own real estate businesses. Absolutely love it. Dave, that's probably as good enough spot as ever to wrap up. And I can't thank you enough for coming on board. For those that want to work with you, learn from you, even invest with you in the future, where's the best place folks can find you at? Well, if they'd like to get a free copy of my book, Money Partner Formula, or connect with me or have a meeting with me or all things Money Partner Formula, moneypartnerformula.com. That's the best place to go. Perfect. Well, we'll drop that in the show notes for everyone to quickly link to and be able to get to. Dave, again, thank you so much for joining. It's been honestly a pleasure having you on. Thank you very much, Cody. It's been an honor. Absolutely. And thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch everyone next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.